words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. So this week we begin a fast. I just want to invite all of you to this fast. Please, whatever you're doing, I want you to prioritize this fast. I feel like it's not just like your church is calling a fast. This is actually like God calling you. I'm just going to share on the topic of the fast. The title of the fast is The Burning Ones. I'll begin to set the tone this morning. This fast, Burning Ones. Obadiah chapter 1, verse 17 to 18. But on Mount Zion, there will be deliverance and it will be holy and the house of Jacob will reclaim their possession. Then the house of Jacob will be a blazing fire and the house of Jacob, of Joseph, a burning flame. The house of Jacob, a blazing fire. The house of Joseph, a burning flame. But the house of Esau will be stubble. Jacob will set it ablaze and consume it. Therefore, no survival will remain in the house of Esau. For the Lord has spoken. When you hear house of Jacob and house, house of Joseph and house of Esau, house of Jacob, house of Joseph, house of Esau, these are not human beings. These are icons in the spirit. Do you understand? The house of Joseph is an icon in the spirit where if you click on the house of Joseph, you see a whole array of options. It's an icon, it's an app in the spirit. When you hear the house of Esau, it's, a, it's also another kind of app. It's another kind of principle. It's a particular kind of worldview. So when you hear this, don't think people, don't think tribe, think what is the house of Jacob? What is the house of Joseph? What's the house of Esau? Esau was the summary of the life of Israel in the book of Hebrews was a fornicator who for a morsel of bread sold his bed right. That's actually the house of Esau. And God said, the house of Esau will be destroyed. Esau was born inside a covenant house. His father Isaac was supposed to be the father of promise. He is the father, not supposed to be, he is the father of promise. But Esau could never honor that which the Lord was doing. Esau could never esteem and it's not like sometimes Esau did not esteem because Esau had what he had. He was a hunter man. He brought game to his dad. He honored his father. He went, he was a hustling man, was a struggling man. He knew how to fight for what he wanted or what he needed to do. But he just couldn't connect to how God wanted to be served. So Esau represents the icon that God will destroy or the kind of person that God will fight against while the house of Joseph represents the kind of person that God endorses and the house of Jacob, the person that God chose even though they were imperfect. These two houses represent the signet ring of God. If God wants to do anything, he says, surely you are my Jacob. Like Jacob was not a righteous man, but that's actually the man who was able to connect and value the things of God is the concept of value. Is the concept of value that makes a difference within you and every other believer. Most believers, 95% of the time are okay. They go to church, they pray, they do morning devotion. Well, I'm about to run all over my message. But let me just go step by step. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17 to 18 says, 
in the mountain of God, there will be deliverance and there will be holiness. And the house of Jacob will possess their possessions. What is the number one possession we will possess? What's the number one possession? Every time people read this, guess what they're talking about? House, car, husband, wife. But guess the thing man lost? Glory of God. The number one thing man lost was the glory of God in the Garden of Eden. So when the Bible says the house of Jacob will possess their possessions, what does it mean? I am bringing back the glory that man lost. That thing from the very beginning which man lost is what I'm bringing back. Of course, with the glory comes other things, but primarily that man created in the image and the likeness of God lost the glory. That man who was made to sit with God in heavenly places couldn't sit there anymore. But when we read the Bible, our eyes are full of covetousness. And with our covetous eyes, we interpret what we want into the Bible. And said, he said, I will possess my possession. No. The house of Jacob, the man who is after God, will receive back the glory of God. That's what it means. The man who is after God, the woman who is after God, will receive back the glory of God. So people are teaching about success principles and how to multiply the church and how to look big in the eyes of people, how to be massive and how to grow big congregations. But nobody is teaching about how to get what we lost. Jesus came, looked at the Roman Empire, did nothing about the Roman Empire and started to say, man has a bigger problem. The problem of man is bigger than what you see in the natural. The problem we have is more than a bad government. The problem we have is more than Nigeria. The problem we have is more than coronavirus. The problem we have is more than the current health challenge in the country and in the world. The problem of humanity is that man created in the image and the likeness of God lost the glory. Ah! And we say to live like pigs. And we say to desire carnal things. When anything carnal is standing in front of us, our whole body begins to shake. When anyone tells us to pull back, he becomes our enemy. The person who is trying to rescue us from the seduction of this world becomes the person we say he's always hating on me. He never has anything good to say about me. When God is trying to bring back what you lost, when God is trying to pour back into you what you lost. In this one scripture is the power of God revealed. And God began to say, I'm bringing back to the house of Jacob something, power, burning, blazing fire, a blazing fire. The house of Jacob will be a burning flame. A flame on fire. A flame of fire. But the people who do not esteem the greatness of God will be stubble. There will be stubble. What stubble? Wood. Chaffy wood. The type that is very good for fire. May none of us ever be Esau's in the name of Jesus Christ. Say Amen. So, next slide. We have how to burn. So, there are five scriptures about burning for God that I want to just share with us this morning. And then maybe we can deepen into two of these scriptures. Number one, for your heart to burn. When God begins to work with you, the first place it starts from is your heart. When you start hearing about a revival in the Isle of Hebrides, something inside your heart begins to burn. If God moves like this, can He move again? Can He do it again? Your heart begins to what? Burn. Number one place that burns is your heart. 
and God began in the, Jesus began to explain can you guys reduce the movement close that door let everyone come inside and sit down okay can, can we take a toilet break it seems like we're in kindergarten everybody's going out one by one so maybe we'll stop take a toilet break and then we'll continue <laughs> sorry thank you <laughs> let's just focus every single movement I forget what I was saying you don't you guys don't even know like I'm heavily distracted and you move like this you turn my eyes following you I don't know why I'm like that I just why I'm like that so hey, what was I saying heart born born in heart okay yes correct connect back the two men on the road to Emmaus Jesus had just resurrected and they were talking because they were agitated about the Messiah there was no more there and Jesus began to explain to that to them through scripture that scripture is in Luke chapter 24 verse 13 all the way down Jesus began to explain, explain to them through scripture how the Messiah will come how he will be sacrificed how he will die and they didn't know he was the one until he got to the place where he was breaking bread the table of communion once Jesus broke the bread their eyes were open and Jesus disappeared from within them but guess what they said who remembers that scripture what did they say say it out loud did not our heart burn within us say it out loud did not our heart burn within us when God begins to come to you, the first thing he works on is your heart. He makes it to burn. So if you're not in the place where your heart can burn, cry out to God. God will make your heart burn. When you hear the word of God, it will be sizzling. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says that when they had all gathered together and began to pray together, the place where they were sitting was shaking, started trembling. You know, people think, oh, when you want to pray, go into your closet. Yes, but in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, they gathered together to pray. There is a place of collective prayer. There's private prayer. There's collective prayer. They gathered together to pray. And when they started to pray, the place where they were gathered was shaking. And the Holy Spirit fell on them and set them on fire. And they began to preach the word of God with all boldness wherever they went. Another kind of burn. When we say burn for God, that's this is the things we mean. Number two, we mean like you have the spirit of boldness. Like you have the tenacity. Like you have audacity. Like you can stand in front of anyone, whoever they are. And say, Do you know how many of us have people falling right and left dead in front of us? Do you know that you don't really have that much of a child, a, 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 an opportunity, an endless opportunity with people? Do you know you don't, we don't know how, many, how much any one of us have? How many of you don't know someone who has died in the last one year? You don't know anyone who has died. You don't know anyone who has died in the last one year. You guys understand? That means what we said last year about the fact that the time is short is true. No one of us is assured of eternal life on earth. All of us will die. But before you die, can you leave out your, your agenda in the hands of God? Can you leave out everything God sent you to the earth to do? Can you connect to it and lock in and make sure it's done? Burning lives. Okay, let's jump over burning bush. We'll come back to it. Burning fire. God said to Jeremiah, five, Jeremiah 5 verse 14, can someone read that for us? Don't, 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 don't move from the slide. Just let someone read it out for us. Jeremiah 5.14. If you have a friend, I can give you the mic. Jeremiah 5.14. Anyone? Just wait. Jeremiah 5.14. You found it? 
Yeah, go ahead. No, they didn't find it. <laughs> why, why don't you find it? <laughs> Make it. Wherefore thus saith the Lord God of hosts, because ye speak this word, Hmm. Behold, I will make my words in thy mouth fire, hmm. and this people would, and hmm. it shall devour them. Right. I will make my words in your mouth fire. That's powerful. That's powerful. When your words become what? Fire. And the people would. When you speak the words, burn. Literally, burn. Exactly what God wants to do with us, with each of you. And the first one we read was the burning nation, the house of Israel, a fire, the house of Jacob, a fire, the fire, the house of Joseph, a consuming fire. So this is actually the house to burn. And the burning bush will come to that shortly. Let me ask a few questions. How many of you who has a lover who is cold, you'll be happy with that love? You have someone who loves you but doesn't say. Understand? None of us. How many of us will be satisfied if things are just shameful? Like there's shame all around you. The answer is no. How many of you will be satisfied? With rising and falling. No one. So if you are not all you want now, if, you don't, if you're not satisfied with that life, how do you move out from that life? How do you change if you want to change? Let me explain to you how you change. God speaks his word. You hear his word. And then you what? You do it. That's how you change. You thought I was going to see something really out of this world? How do you change? God, can we repeat? God speaks his word. Then you hear his word and then you do it. Once you do God's word, you're going to change. If God says, as a longer preach and say, trust and obey, it was the simplest message ever, but it's the most difficult as well. When God says, set your affection on heavenly things, obey. That means simply, like the things you are chasing is heavenly things. The things you are pursuing is heavenly things. That obedience alone cleans up your life. So that nothing else has the significance or the power over you. Because God knows the seductive power of the things of earth. Many of you will be saying, oh, there's nothing in the world. There's nothing in the world. That's not what the Bible says, you know. Even the devil took Jesus and took him to a pinnacle, a high place and said to Jesus Christ, see the nations and their glory. It was the Roman Empire. I'm sure he saw Rome and the stretch of the vastness of the empire of Rome that covered continents. And the devil said to him, if you fall down and worship me, I give you the nations. What did Jesus come for? He came for the nations. And the devil is saying, I'm going to offer you a shortcut. What you came for, I give you to you on your hand. Do you understand? That's what Jesus came for. There was offering to him. So some of us will say, oh, there's nothing in the world. And the people will say there is nothing in the world. Actually, the driest people. The pastors with not so nice jackets. And, And a Bible which they have read and is sun tanned. You know, see those Bible that's on top of the dashboard, and all the pages have exploded. Come with it. Like a mighty man of God. There's nothing in the world. Nothing in the world. No, that's not what the Bible says. The 
the Bible says, for all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, like the flesh is powerful. Sex sells. Seduction fills the whole earth. Pastor Uche preached one day about distractions last year. I never forget that message. And she talked about Pornhub and how many viewers Pornhub has above every other site in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the things which your eyes can see, the nations, the power, the money, the influence, the skyscrapers, the Monaco life, the life of Hawaii, Miami Beach, Atlanta, ATL women club, you know, San Francisco rich people's club, Italian mafia club, Switzerland honey and Switzerland gold. All that is in the world, the treasures of this world, is powerful. There is money in the world. There's stuff in the world. So don't say there's nothing in the world. He's, he has a little. And for you personally, ask yourself, what is in the world that is drawing you? Be honest. What is it that takes away your confidence in God? What is it that is in in the body of that man that when he shows up you lose your Holy Ghost and you lose your consecration you just want to run there what is it? what is it in the body of that woman she speaks to you you get weak on your knees hey whoa. Cecilia, be a cause I'm evil when I'm preaching. <laughs> what is it? What is it that takes you down? 99% of the time, you're good. But on that one point, some of us is anger. So we hear the word of God. We want to do better. We're running after God. But in that one moment, the devil has the key over us over and over and over again. And in that one place, we keep on falling. We keep on falling. And the people who rise up to challenge us. I used to say, I preached once and I said about sexual sin, that this is the one sin that is not accidental. You plan it very well. You plan it. As you are planning it, you hear the Holy Ghost saying, Ebekinaga. You hear the Holy Ghost saying, Where are you going? That's the first thing you hear the Holy Ghost saying. You know, the Holy Ghost doesn't talk much. You dress up and you're not wearing the normal clothes you used to wear because you have a mission. Holy Spirit ask you again as you're about to step out the door, you forgot your key. Holy Spirit ask you, what are you doing? Check question number two. He will leave you whole 30 minutes. You hear, what are you doing? When you enter the car, you start driving, just hearing, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. After a while, you tell the Holy Spirit, leave me! Leave me, Holy Spirit, I want it! <laughs> and in the middle of it you still hear the voice of the Holy Spirit says I love you so much my daughter I love you so much my son I love you so much my son I love you so much. In the middle of brokenness, you hear the voice. If you want to do better, can I tell you how to do better? Obey. 
obey. Obey. Is all you now, all you are now, is that all you want to be? Where you are now, is that satisfactory to you? Then why are you fighting the person who is trying to change you? What you have now, is it enough? Don't you need more? So if somebody is offering you an open door, do you know why? He's trying to connect you between here and where you ought to be. How do you change because you want to be better? Offer yourself to be better. It's in that point when the pool happens that many of us abandon. Do you understand? It's a point, at that point, give me your hand. It's at that point when I'm about to pull you up so you can stand. It's at that point that you walk away. It's at that point when we're supposed to walk hand in hand. It's at that time that you feel the temptation to pull away. Just at the time of takeoff. Just at the time when God wants to draw you. Just at the time when God is ready to take you. That's when something will fly in front of you and you say, what's that? If you're not happy with where you are, you have to desire it. You have to hunger after it. And guess what? Many people are used to fasting and praying. We are fasting and praying this week, but fasting and praying doesn't change this moment. In fact, at the end of fasting and praying, it will bring you back to this moment. After Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, then he was led by the Spirit to be tempted of the devil. This is a test that have to pass. God wants to test you to see whether you want him or you want what you want. We all say we want God, but this is where the church most times do not bring us to. The point of this holy conversation. The point of making up your mind. This is the point. Let's go into the story of Moses. This was the one who saw the bonny bush. Exodus 3, 1 to 6. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this green sight. This strange sight. Why, why does the bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to Luke, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. This was 80 years old. Moses had been running for, for a long time. At this time, Moses had been running in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years, Moses had been running in the wilderness. Pastor Chintok said during our diligent pursuit retreat that, that Moses, who was a prince in Egypt, had no job at this time apart from tending Jethro's flock. This was the guy who went to Egyptian university, was royalty, was next in line to be one of the pharaohs. But because he ran ahead of God, what he tried to do was not a bad thing. He was trying to defend God's people. But he ran ahead of God. And what happened to him? He now became a fugitive. And at this time, he was so poor as a fugitive. So I saw some ladies who were taking care of their father's sheep. He joined the ladies and the ladies brought him to their father. And that's how he became a shepherd's servant. From a prince in Egypt to a servant in a bad place. And what broke him, it was the calling of God that broke him. 
He knew he was called. He knew he was a special child. But that scattered his life. How many of you feel like the calling of God is scattering your life? Should have been a computer engineer. Should have been, should have been something mighty in the world. Should have been something so high. But the calling of God, it seems like it's scattering your life. You're not able to be that distinguished person you want to be. I feel that all the time. People look, people look at me and say, Hi. This guy. He can sell though. Look at what he's doing. He can sell tech. Technology sweet inside his mind when he's talking about technology. So came and meet me and said, Pastor Moses, have you considered marketing your skills? What they didn't know is that 20 years ago, I was a director of an international business in Africa. I was selling from South Africa to Nokchot in Mauritania. I was flying business class across the world 20 years ago, year 2001. God comes into your life. It seems like ah, my life is messed up now. Just preaching. When I'm preaching, sometimes I don't even know whether the church is here. And sometimes I go home and like, did they even hear anything I said? I finished speaking to someone for three hours. The other day, the person stood up and said that, Pastor Moses, I'm not going to do what you said. I just cried. I said, God, why? Like, I was like Jeremiah. Hi, Lord. You make me go through all this. I just know that I don't want to do Christianity as usual and preach to people and abandon them. I want to be involved in the journey of growth. I want to help people notch forward. But sometimes it's painful. Proximity is very painful because people will treat you like shit. Excuse my French. Can I tell you guys something? Moses was like that. He felt no honor. He had lost vision. He had lost everything. Until God said to him that day, God had to get his attention. It won't be the same old stories that will walk this time. It won't be mere words that will work at this time. He needed more. So what did God do? God came in fire. Burning changes everything. Burning fire changes everything. When you see a fire burn in the wilderness without a source, when you see a dry place coming alive, when you see an uneventful place breaking into something, when you see a place rising up, when you see a place coming up, when you see water flowing in the wilderness, something is moving. Something is moving. Someone says something is moving. Something is moving. Something is moving. Hallelujah. Would you like to see yourself burning on a whole new level? Are you satisfied with limitation and powerlessness? Are you happy with rising and falling? Is all you are now all you ever want to be? Then you want change. Then you want change. Say yes. Because it should arrive at yes. <laughs> God is happy to change you today. But you have to remember this. God's assignment, number one, the things to remember about God's call is that it's bigger than you. God's call is bigger than you. When God calls you, He's going to send you to where? To Pharaoh. He will not send you to a comfortable place. His call is what? Bigger than you. When He calls you, He's going to send you to somewhere difficult. He's going to send you to somewhere complex. He's going to send you to somewhere challenging. But it's His call. It's bigger than you. It may not be comfortable. But don't forget that it's not going to be 
only once you're going to make that trip. Guess how many trips you're going to make? Many trips. Do you know how many times God asked me to do something? I told the story once of how God asked me to tell someone not to marry the guy they are dating. You know, because the guy wasn't fully divorced, obviously. Just walked away from his wife and then it was night. She had another woman, both of them in the church. The Holy Spirit said to me, are you going to allow this happen? I'm like, Holy Spirit, I'm not the Holy Spirit. Now stop them. and told them. The lady said, ah, oh, okay. I'm, I, didn't, I didn't encourage him to leave his wife. He told me he doesn't like her anymore. He came to me by himself. So I went to Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, the task is done, right? So we kept quiet. You know when you pray and you hear quietness, you know that the job is not yet finished. Holy Spirit, release me now. Let's just say, go back again. After, after two months. I went back. You know, the lady was really angry with me now. You know what she said to me? Pastor Moses, I am respecting you now. I don't subscribe to people telling me what to do. And by the way, this other man of God met me and said to me, you know how many people hear many men of God and quote it to you? This other man of God said to me that God was bringing me and this man together to do a mighty work. God is bringing you and somebody's husband together to do a mighty work. I don't even need to pray to know that that's a lie. God is saying, bringing us together to do a mighty work. So, Pastor Moses, please. I went back to the Holy Spirit and said, ah, <laughs> with pain, all my pride crushed to the ground. I left that meeting there. I was like, who sent you, sir? And the Holy Spirit said, I'm free now, right? Once again, guess what the Holy Spirit was? Quiet. When he's worrying me to go, he will be talking every day. I wake up in the morning, Pastor Moses, this person called your name. I wake up in the afternoon, have you called? Have you called? Have you gone to see them? Have you asked for a meeting? I'm like, hey. This person woke up one day and rang me. It's not in Nigeria this time, rang me from abroad. I said, today, Pastor Moses, I want to say thank you. Today I broke up with this man and I have only you in the world to thank. I had a dream. I was dropping, I was at the edge of dropping down a precipice and everybody was saying, come on, go. Fantastic, go, this is really beautiful. And I heard one voice from far shouting, no! I recognized at that point how you know things in dream that that was your voice, Pastor Mo. I knew what God was saying clearly. So I broke up with him today and I have only you in the world to thank. This woman is now married now like seven years to a pastor with many children. Somebody else totally different from that guy. She broke up with him. I'm not saying the guy is a devil. No. <laughs> but I just say he is. <laughs> Do you know this is actually where the war of Christianity is really fought? This is the place where the war of Christianity is fought. The war of Christianity is not fought in prayer. Jesus says you read the scripture thinking they you know me in the scripture, but you don't know that they talk up the scriptures talk about me so you can come to me. So when life is happening, you can take decisions of life. Knowing that you are standing with Christ, you take decisions of life. This is where Christianity is done. Christianity is not done in the fast. It's not about how many. 
Can I tell you guys something? I don't do seven day fast all the time. I don't do 40 days fast. I haven't done 40 days fast in five years. So some of you are more powerful than me. But guess what? In obeying, I am more than you. I don't hear any word of God and then I now begin to battle or banter with it. I don't negotiate with it. If God said it, I'm doing it. God said to me, don't be afraid of Corona. So I am not afraid of coronavirus. God said to me, anything God says to me, I'll do it. I'm not afraid. All of a sudden, they fear I will obey. If God says to me, go here, I'll stand up and go. If God says to pack your children and go abroad, I will do it again. If God says, return, go to the village, I will do, I will obey. The power of Christianity is in obedience. God's call will not be smooth. You may not need to go back and forth and negotiate with the call. You need to negotiate with Pharaoh. The fact that Pharaoh says no doesn't mean that God is not in it. The fact that Pharaoh is proving difficult doesn't mean that God is not in it. God wants to change us. There are three things God does when he calls us. Number one, he wants to change us. Number two, he wants to touch other people. Number three, he wants to change systems. Repeat after me. God wants to change us. He wants to touch other people. He wants to change systems. He wants to alter the systems of society. He wants to alter the things that hurt people. When God comes to you, He's not just you He has in mind. He's planning to change other people. If you can obey Him, the next thing you'll find is that He will send you to someone else. If you can obey Him, if you can find, the next thing you'll find that what you, your action is now impacting someone. People will see you and say, oh wow, the glory of God. And once people start seeing you and say the glory of God guess what temptation will double temptation will double so you can fall and then mock the name of God so people can see you can look back into the past and guess what you will do you look at the epitaphs of the past the, the songs you used to listen to the life you used to you look at it and there will be something glamorous about it because you are in the process of running away from God but when you yield to God 100% there will be nothing anymore that the devil can have on you he won't have that power on you he won't have that power on you no looking back catch some fire this morning set yourself on fire set yourself on fire the fire is only the start place when you stay with God you, you, you have the momentum of the I am that I am God begins to say I can be anything to you as you stand with God, God is beginning to say, I can be anything to you. Pastor Latino, he was who preached the message called I Am. And in that message, he began to unpack how God can speak over us and how God can say over us in every situation that he is more than sufficient. He is more than able for that situation. I may not be able to pastor you like you want to be pastored. I may not be the man that, that you want me to be to you, but God is more than enough. God is I am that I am. And if you yield yourself to the I am, he will do his perfect work in you. And then he will begin to send you back to Pharaoh again. He will send you back to the Pharaohs in your life again. Pharaoh, let my people go. When God starts a fire, this week is the burning week. And by the end of Friday, if you yield yourself, you will see fire breaking out in your life. You will see the glory of God breaking out in your life. But I want to tell you something. The fire is only the start place. The fire is just to get your attention. The fire is just to reconfigure you. Moses went back to Egypt. He wasn't a the same man. He was a man of miracle. He was, was a carnal man before who ran away from Egypt. He was a miracle man who went back to Egypt. He was a man who had never seen God before went who ran away from Egypt he heard about God he heard stories about God he came to worship service where they talked about God he saw things that people who did in God's name but he himself never met God he was in the wilderness in the outbacks and Moses now encountered God in the moment of encounter in the moment when he saw God God became to him something else and he began to desire he began to run after this God in a totally different kind of way he could stand before the the biggest authority of his day because that before the biggest power of his time and said Pharaoh the Lord says let my people go the fire is just the beginning place 
out of the fire, something is happening. So here's what God does. First thing he does, he grows you. He's growing you. As you give your life to Christ, you grow. When you make the jump, most times when, pe when people give their lives to Christ, they begin to preach. They begin to jump into God. They don't know all of God yet. But God loves it. God loves that jump. God didn't mind that Moses actually stepped out for his people. Maybe he shouldn't have killed. You understand? God didn't want Moses to just be in Egypt and just be like one of the Egyptians. God wanted his heart to keep on burning. When your heart burns, guess what? You run off to go and preach. But you're not ready yet. Not that you shouldn't preach. Are you cooked? Are you ready to go? Do you understand? Preach. But don't forget to fall back on God every day. Then, you make that jump. The jump will come with problems. Always. And those problems can make you miss road. It was not a bad idea to jump. But don't forget that when you jump, temptation comes with the jump. The word you said will be tested. Fire will come after you because you jumped. You understand? Fire will come to burn you because you jumped. And then guess the next thing God will bring you to? The burning bush moment. God will bring you to the burning bush moment. And he purifies you. And shows you his miraculous power. It's at the end of the burning bush that you receive your commission. At the end of the burning bush. How many of you have served God before? Walked in the church? Built things? Pastored before? They called you a pastor. But it seems like right now, what are you? You don't know what you are now. You guys understand? This is what happened to you. You were a pastor before. You jumped into God. You understand? You jumped into God and you did something awesome in God. You're a pastor. People knew you and called your pastor. They came to you. You jumped. But then you arrived in the wilderness. How come? After obeying God, this is where you arrive at. God uses the wilderness to remove from you every weakness, every self, every self-confidence, every hope in your own ability to be able to do it. God uses the wilderness to remove it from you. Then he knows you are ready to do it on his own terms. The entire journey of our faith is the business of God. For his son and for those who love his son. I repeat. Christianity is about God and his son, Jesus Christ, and those who love Jesus Christ. If you don't love Jesus Christ, where is the place for you? Not in this kingdom. You guys understand this. So God must remove, God must use your jump to destroy everything inside your life that is you. Then he will give you a burning bush experience, which is the PowerPoint. Today, I feel like God has brought many of you full cycle. Not because you don't know him, but because you've ventured. He loves you so much. You've come, you've tried, you've pushed to be in this church. You have to push. Now that you're here, God wants you to catch fire. It's time for the burning bush. It's time for us to burn. It's time for us to burn. How many of you are ready to burn this week for God? How many of you online are ready to burn? Just wave it to the Lord. The Lord, I want to burn for you. Only for you. I want to be tried by fire. Purified. You take whatever you Lord, here's my life. I want to be tried by fire. Purify. You take whatever you desire.
this morning. Ask God to give you the strength to tone down all the other voices, to identify where you are in the wilderness because you obeyed God. It's not because God hates you. It's because He loves you. It's because He loves you. It's because He loves you. And obedience comes with a test. Obedience comes with a test. Obedience comes with a test. I just want you guys to yield yourself to God. Let's pray. Nobody leading, just your own voice. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Don't keep quiet. Don't whisper. It's time for you to speak out. Don't whisper. Say it. Speak out loud. Say, Lord, I want to follow you. Say, Lord, I want to burn. Say, well, Lord, I want to burn. Say, Lord, I want to follow you. Regardless of the cost. I'm not turning back. I'm not going back. I'm not choosing convenience. I'm not choosing convenience. I'm choosing you, Lord. I want your life. I want your grace. I want your power. I want your strength. Let it burn in me. Burn in me. Burn in me. Renew me. Give me fire. Not verbal fire, not, pre, not just words, but the presence of God, the miraculous, the atmosphere of God's strength and life. Ask God for more. Ask God that you will not be an empty Christian, just warming church benches. Ask God that you want to be someone who follows after Him. Tell God you want to know Him. Tell God you want to understand Him. Just tell God you want to be different. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.